Charlie Wright is an investment advisor representative with Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of Partner Vest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. Partner Vest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security. Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Contact us, please, at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our previous interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. Today's January 29, 2016. I'm Charlie Wright. We're very pleased you've joined us, and we're very happy to have as our guest today David Gerwitz, who's, who's the Managing Director of Charles Nenner Research. David, welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio. My pleasure. Really, you you guys do a wonderful job, and it's my honor to be uh, talking to you. Well, David, thank you very much. And David, remember well the last time we were here, you are Mr. Eclectic. Uh, You have a JD degree, an MBA, you're a CPA, you're a music composer, have your own website that I've been to, absolutely beautiful music on that site, and we'll let you plug that at the very end. You're a former college and pro basketball player, trained by Red Auerbach. Uh, What do you have against spare time here, David? Well, you know, Segovia once said, at 93, he was giving, uh, he was doing lessons and concerts and making albums. Remember albums? I, you know, nobody else. Yeah, knows. right. The plastic. And they said to him, like, undress, like, what's up with you? He goes, I have all eternity to rest. So <laughs> maybe that's partly the answer. Also, I'm a big fan of ADD, being that I've had it and they didn't know what to call it when I was younger. So, you know, you just keep moving on from one thing to the next. You know, number two. And then number three is, I remember when I was, you know, I didn't, my, I have like four kids who were, you know, grown, you know, and uh, I didn't really tell them I wasn't the best behaved kid in school. It wasn't really a good strategy for the father <laughs> to say to kids, don't worry if they throw you out of class, you weren't as bad as I was, right? <laughs> but when I was growing up, I was not the best behaved kid, even though I was one of the smartest kids. So there was a, in fourth grade, there was a chair in the principal's office with my name on it they're so awesome just to give you an idea and my kids crack up because like you know what can they say no matter what they did i said i did much worse so but i like you know things god gave me a lot of talents and i enjoy finding the talents in other people so uh, you know that's how i met charles nenner who's a genius and came up with this system to predict markets and you know i i'll never forget i said to him i think i was telling you guys before you remind me of larry bird you know, and I was, uh, I had season tickets when Larry Bird was a rookie in 1979, right? And I was still in law school in Boston. And he didn't know, Charles is from Amsterdam, he didn't know who that was. Because Larry Bird, nobody knew who he was, and he turned out to be, you know, the best or second best to a guy from Orange, played in Orange County named Magic Johnson, right? Right. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoy what I do, and, you know, thank God uh, all these things have been, I've been able to bring out the music, which we'll talk about later in 
the market stuff, which is the main essence of what we're going to talk about, how to help people not lose money. Hey, well, let's start here, David, with uh, Charles Nenner Research. Remind us who Charles Nenner is and who the firm is. Right. Charles Nenner, medical doctor, came up while in medical school with a system to predict markets. Worth hearing the story, when he was in medical school, teacher said, professor said, people get admitted to, they put more doctors on call during the full moon thinking they give birth, women give birth more, which is true. Okay, cause and effect. Months later, professor says people get admitted to insane asylums all around the world at the same time, and we don't know why. And Charles said, it must be full moon. They go, no, we thought of that. And that led to him thinking about cause and effect in markets. He came to New York, you know, whatever. And one thing led to another, and he's a real pattern expert. And he found a pattern based on repeating cycles from the Greek word circle, top to tops in any data series. So let's pick Google. Top to, let's say topped every five weeks. Eight weeks, 13 weeks, 23 weeks, has to be an exact top looking like a sine curve or an EKG when you go to the doctor. And you overlay all of them, and when they're all topping, that means all the cycles are topping, must be a top. Why? We have no idea. That was the basis of the system, and he wound up doing it 15 years ago with Sachs. I met him, what? I met him at the end of that, like 15 years ago. I said, let's do a business together, and we did, and I guess we're one of the biggest research firms in the world focusing on cycles and then price target because not only do the cycles well cycles only give you direction but you could have had a top at google when it was 200 bucks 300 bucks 400 bucks 500 bucks 600 700 whatever it's not quite 700 so the top the, the level is a whole nother calculation and we do levels as well and therefore, that's why people like us, because we just tell them when and to what extent moves are going to be in stocks, bonds, commodities, currencies, and economic indicators. And all your listeners should write to the site, charlesnetter.com, and they get a free month look at uh, what we do. So, you know, th- this is fascinating stuff, but, but besides cycles, I know that you work on some fundamental analysis. You, you send out charts uh, having to do with non-farm payroll and other things like that. So you, how do you factor in these other elements? Well, when you say, what, tell me exactly what you mean by other elements. Well, non-farm payroll, other fundamentals, and looking at the U.S. stock market, for example. Well, they all follow patterns. So we don't combine them. We don't think A implies B just because Australia is a commodity country, or Canada, <laughs> which has obviously gotten beaten up the last year and a half. Right. It doesn't mean always because oil goes down, the Canadian dollar goes down. That's what people tend to think, A implies B. Well, if it's that, it must be that. We don't think that way. We look at each particular asset class, each particular set of numbers, and we let that analysis of those numbers based on price, because we think price contains everything, contains all the voting uh, elements within whatever the price is. We do a price-based analysis of all these different categories, and that teaches us. So last week we did five economic indicators that you were referring to, and they all show that uh, negativity is coming, of course, unemployment, payroll, GDP, producer prices, you know, things like that. So that's how we do our economics. Stocks, we look at the S&P, NASDAQ, Dow, and individual stocks in Europe. Bonds, we look at 30-year, 10-year TLT and German bonds. You know, currencies, we cover a three-time-a-week update. The yen, the euro, the Aussie, and the Canadian, and then the euro-yen cross. And then we do gold, silver, crude, and that gas. And so what happens, David, when the 
fundamentals conflict with the cycles? We don't consider cycles to be non-fundamental. Like, we don't buy that the Fed runs the show. We buy that cycles determine when something's going to happen and how they're going to act. We don't, what you call fundamental, you're just, what you're saying is the assumption is that in this great big, you know, economic system we have, there are powers that can affect things we don't think they do. We think the past patterns are what are affecting things. And that's really why people have to watch it and see. And we have, you know, clients all over the world, 60 countries, hedge funds, family offices, individuals, sovereign wealth funds, and we don't manage money. So we just tell them what we see is going to happen. And I know we've been doing this 15 years. We keep growing, and we have a very high retention rate. So obviously it's it's making some sense. And obviously if you look around what, what went on last year and what's happened now, we called the top in crude at 97, like I was saying, and we called it down to 30. You might even hit a little in the high 20s, but we think it's going back up to 60 by the end of the year. Now, people could say, well, everyone's thinking it's going to 10, and my response is we called the top at 97. We called it five years ago, 147. So maybe we're right at the bottom. But, you know, that's an argument I don't want to win. I just want people to see what we're saying and let them decide. So what do you say about the fact that 2008 financial crisis was not necessarily created by, a, it was cre- it was man-made, it wasn't created by some cycle, and about the fact that today money has to go somewhere, it's not going to go into German bonds and negative interest rates, and it's going to f- find a safe haven, and then it's typically not going to go into commodities because they're so beaten up, nobody has confidence in them, nobody has confidence in China or in the BRIC countries. They don't have confidence in Europe. The United States is the last best hope for humankind and the safest uh, haven for people's money, whether in the equity funds or equity uh, allocation or in their their bond allocation, fixed income. Your question, last year, the Dow in January was a certain number. What was it at the end of the year? It was the same number. Uh, almost exactly the same thing. So, yeah. And we called it. We said that. Charles actually said in CNBC, it's going to be no change. Now, what did he know? We just looked at a bunch of numbers. We don't know. And the answer is, all that logic you just said makes sense. Clearly, you're very bright. and this is, We don't follow that logic. Our system assumes there's a deeper logic going on than what we can think A implies B. I'll give you an example. How, why is it when, when oil went down so much, airline stocks went down so much? Should have gone up, right? Well, take a look. Costs must be down. Other things are happening. I don't think people are that smart. I'll tell you this way. I don't think we're that smart. And we're, you know, Charles, brilliant guy. I have three degrees, but I doesn't, as I told you, I don't, I'm not so impressed. We don't, we're not smart enough to know why things happen. We're smart enough to know we don't know, and our system seems to work because we have so many clients that have been with us for so many years, and that's why when you say that the fundamentals don't go against, we we consider this fundamental. And, you know, we have a lot of big money clients and a lot of human beings that are not the kind of money the institutions have. If Apple's topping, which we called, and it's down till April we called all this stuff in January that it would be heading down, that big down move the first three weeks we said was going to happen. Why? We have no idea. But that's why I'm saying to you when people say that the assumption that fundamentals are primary 
And the, the assumption that all those things you mentioned, A implies B, we don't hold by those assumptions. Well, that's, that's very interesting. Do you uh, believe in uh, Elliott Wave Theory? We use it as like our sixth tool. We think we're in a Wave 4 up now in the stock market. We've been saying it for a while. Again, all your listeners write into Charles Nanner Research, Google Charles Nanner, and write to the site, and I'll send you, I'll have you know, some of our people send the last week and a half's uh, research to say we call this Wave 4 up, which we're in right now with the big move today, and next week's the top. And it should be heading down. Wave 5 tends to get ugly. So we definitely use Elliott Wave, but it's not the primary thing. We use cycles. We use target. We look at stochastics. We look at candlesticks. We look at point and figure, the basic stuff. And then we do look at Elliott Wave. And sometimes we want it all to line up. That's kind of the best analogy is you go to a doctor and is your leg sprained, fractured, bruised, broken, you don't know, so take a lot of x-rays. We take a lot of x-rays in the market, and we try and put it all together. David, this is fascinating stuff. We need to take a quick break. We'll be right back, and we'll talk about uh, what your track record has been the last year. We're talking again with David Gerwitz, Managing Director of Charles Nunner Research. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, let's pick it up with uh, with uh, our guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we're talking with David Gerwitz, Managing Director of Charles Nenner Research. Before, uh, David, we get into uh, what has happened in the past year, uh, let me ask, uh, I notice in, in uh, your newsletter, you differentiate between shorter-term and longer-term cycles. Is uh, one or the other of those more difficult? Great question. Short-term... So think about it. Let's do daily cycles, which is simply based on end-of-day data. You need more data, right? You just, in order to, you need more stuff, whereas weekly cycles, you need 50 data points. And monthly cycles, you need 12. So the weeklies are really what we think are the best indicators because it seems to work the best. The daily, you just have to do a lot more math. So, but we look at all of them because they're all sometimes the dailies are down, the weeklies are up, and so if it's a, it, it's a conflict, they're all going to have their day in court, so our attitude is stand aside. We're big fans of trying to avoid losing because the mindset effect of losing in a trade tends to stymie people and tends to freeze them. We're just like the other way, the exhilaration of a trade, it's been likened to certain drugs. You know, when you, I made a trade, I bought it 10, it went up to 20, right? And you feel a certain thing. It's a, yeah. the opposite's the same. So our attitude, we try and say, set a stop here, here's the bottom. Or if it's going up to there, we, we believe loss reduction should be the primary thing. 
and then whatever gains could be would be great. Look, if the banks are giving you a percent, percent and a half, if we can allow people to you know do much better than that with with pretty much a little more risk, but not more. That's what we we do. You asked before about track record. We are sent sell research, so we don't have a track record like a fund. But I could just tell you some of the calls that we did last year, and um, what we're saying going forward, which I think is what you people want to hear. And then I'll give a thirty-year perspective. <laughs> we look at long term, and we look at short term. Let's go back to 1966 when I was 11, and the Dow was a thousand, right? And right. in 1982, the Dow was 1,000. 16 years, the Dow right. didn't move. That's right. I bring that up all the time. Right? And from 82 now, we've been up 17 times. Let's look at bonds. Right? When I was born in 55, rates were really low. They were like 3%. And then 30 years later, they went up to 18, and now they're 3% again, too. That's a 60-year cycle. So from 81, rates came down from 16% to 2 and the stock market went up. So bonds went up because bond prices go opposite bond rates. Right. Well. So basically, if you went to, well, you're in Orange County, so you could do this, not in New York. If you went and played golf for 30 years and just did two trades, you bought the Dow in 82 and you, you bought bonds. And let's say there was a 50-year bond you could buy. You would have made winners on both because both went up over 30 years. Yeah. You could say bonds. But every seven years, the stock market got beat up. 87, well, you know, 79, 87, 94, 2000, 2007. We don't think the beat-up is happening now, but the real beat-up starts next year. Whereas bonds have continued to be a good trade, and we still think they are until the summer, a little before. So you can't say bonds and stocks go opposite, because they sometimes do, and you can't you can't say they don't go opposite because they do, and you can't say they don't go together because the last thirty years they go together. Right. Here's an example of the question you asked before. Depending on your time frame, you get different results, and you can't you know you just have to look at each one separately. Bonds, we think, after going to go down, which means rates are going to go up because the last three hundred years has been a sixty-year bond cycle. A high 30 years ago, low 60 years ago, not high 90 years ago, low 120 years ago, high 150 years ago, which was the Civil War, you know, and all that stuff. Nobody thinks like that but us and maybe 10 other people because, you know, I'm old already. I'm 60. I actually think about the past, you know. And so we think that's going to be so. Rates are going to go up, and all this debt we have now will be more costly, so it's going to be a mess. A lot of people claim rates can't go up. I say, well, it would be nice, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. Stock prices have been up 30 years. We kind of got a beat up coming next week to the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter, and then up and then down to the end of the year and then up next year, and then it's down for years after that. And uh, it's a mess. It's a real mess coming. And people- well, you're, you're full of good news here, David. I'm honest, man. I'll never forget in school, but I told you, I was not always the best saved kid, but at least I told the truth. Because the teacher said, listen, you know, you got to be really smart to be a good lawyer. You wouldn't just say, because then at least you remember. So we tell you what, what we honestly see. But look, we called the bottom in, in stocks in 2008, right? Everybody thought the world was coming apart at the end of 2008, as you remember. Right, right. Crude was 34 bucks then. And everyone was hoping it would go up because it would be a sign of economic activity. Everybody forgets this. Everybody forgets this. Now we think who's going to go up could be terrorism. 
because there's no economic basis for it if you want to talk about fundamentals. Yeah. And by the way, there's been war every hundred years, every dec- every century in the second decade has been a major war. hundred years ago, World War One. 200 years ago, War of 1812, 300 years ago, four, I'll send it out. People write in, I'll send you the war cycle chart showing, and, and it's not a chart, it's just an analysis. So that's coming. We've been talking about you know, infectious disease, and look at this Zika thing that's going Yeah, on. that's right. We don't know. This, there are things that repeat every 50 years, 100 years. I don't know what it is. I mean, 50 million people died of the flu uh, not that long ago. Nobody yeah, remembers. that's right, 1918. Uh... We study this stuff, and that's why people maybe say, well, well, what about the Fed? What about this? Like, okay, the Fed, you know. Greenspan even said there's not much we can do about the economic cycle. They can't run the show. It's still humans, and humans are imperfect. So any system we have is going to be imperfect. The only thing that seems to be, you know, following very, very... There's other things. There's sunspots that affect people. Again, I don't want to get into it because people think we're crazy as it is, although they <laughs> they, they buy our research, so we're maybe that crazy. But we're seeing a different world. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of stocks that we think will be bottoming in April. A lot, actually. You know, again, I, you know, uh, Google and Apple, and we've called these moves down. So why? We have no idea. Well, that's interesting. And I've got to tell you, I, I've followed your research for the past 10 months since we uh, interviewed you last March. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys have been right on. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, look, crude, net gas has been rough. Gold's been a tough bottom. We haven't been great. We called the top. And we've looked at a couple of bottoms that didn't come through. Gold could go way down still. Really could. I mean, there's enough depressed people in gold, they're going to be more depressed. Eventually it's going to go up, but it's, you know, it's really been a tough trade. Currencies, we, we, still, we still think the dollar's topping sometime this year. It's been really strong. That's what we cover in the newsletter. That's why we, we like people to write in and watch it, because then they can see all this. And it takes five minutes to read, as you see. You know, I edited. Well, it takes me more than five minutes, David. But uh, maybe some people can read it in five minutes. Yeah, because it's it's pretty it's concise and it only takes. I just assume everyone's like me as ADD, so we just write three <laughs> sentences on everything. Hey, David, we need to take another uh, our last short break here. Again, we're talking with David Gerwitz, a very interesting conversation, managing director of Charles Menner Research. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, welcome back. We're talking with David Gerwitz here on uh, Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and he's Managing Director of Charles Nenner Research with uh, clients in over uh, 60 countries throughout the world uh, taking their research on markets and the like. So, uh, David, before we wrap up, give us some uh, prognosticating here. Oh, that's a big word. <laughs> I love that. Um, well, I think I gave stocks down. I, m- I mentioned that the stocks kind of gave the picture, but down into into middle of Q2 and then up and then for several months and down to the end of the year, then kind of up next year and then a major top for years. And how often, how likely is it you're going to change that? Highly unlikely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fine tune it. 
Yeah. Right. Right. You're fine tuning in terms yeah, yeah, of yeah, weeks yeah, versus yeah, months, etc. Yeah. You know, but that's kind of the big picture. And bonds okay. are good to go. TLT in particular, we think could really, especially if, you know, here it looks like it will go opposite stocks. But as I said to you, for 30 years they went the same way. So you can't just say they go yeah, opposite. Yeah, that's the right. Same. No, you can't. Um, gold and silver, like I said, trading range and down. Crude's going to be a great trade up, which is something most people don't feel now. Up from here or up from? Up do you from see one it? more down move. One more down move. Okay, one more down move and then big up. Big picture, big picture. Okay. We'll, we'll, those who write in will get guided better. And all of these based on cycles and, yeah, and a few other indicators that you right. use that you had mentioned, stochastics and right. some fundamentals and the like. Correct. I tell you, that, that is very interesting. Well, uh, tell us, uh, David, uh, what keeps you awake at night? What keeps me awake at night? Not the markets. No? I'll tell you what keeps me awake at night. I don't sleep because I have to deal, I'm not complaining, with the Far East. We have a lot of clients in the Far East that I'm north in New York, so I'm, I'm up to, you know, 11, 12, 1, Australia, Singapore, you know, Japan, and, you know, most of the Chinese clients have moved to, to Vancouver, near you, actually, a little further north. A lot of people have fled and pulling money out of there and moving into Vancouver. So that's what keeps me up at night. I don't worry about the markets because I think we've got a pretty good sense of where they're going. I worry about the world. I think war's coming, as I told you. So that's something you got to think about. Um, ain't so pleasant, uh, but I think it's unavoidable. And it's just based on 2,000 years of repetition. So I also think like, we do a lot of work, obviously, with clients of all different types. So I have to understand... You know, a person who's not a professional and a person who's a professional. So that's why I'm talking now. You know, you have a broad listener base. I'm try- we, we, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to present it as simply as possible, which is why I encourage everybody to write, you know, Google David, and, and, and that's my music site, googlecharlesnanner.com and write to the site and get a sample of the research which goes out three times a week and charts on Sunday. Okay, well, we appreciate uh, we appreciate that. The second question that we like to ask everybody is, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? That's a good question. Let me look at my <laughs> my, my twenty five books that I'm looking at over here. There's, there's a there's a lot of really smart people. There's a guy named John Malden who wrote a book called Code Red, and he's really smart. Very, very smart guy. Very nice guy. Um, yeah, I, I've taken his uh, his newsletter for some time, and we actually interviewed John uh, about a year ago. Isn't he a lovely guy? Yeah, he is. He's a great a lovely guy. Lovely guy. I mean, that's really something. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. So, And he thinks, you know, when he writes, you know, we haven't been on his stuff, but I don't mind. I don't, you know, I'm fine. But that's really something I'd recommend just as like a starting point. This book's about cycles and... You know, but there's really not too many books that address all the different things we do, if if anything. So no, there aren't. There aren't. There aren't. You no. Know, no. <laughs> so you guys are out on your own here. We're out on our own. Right? We're definitely <laughs> comfortable. Yeah, comfortable in our own skin, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So uh, tell us uh, one more time. Provide your website for our listeners. Charles you hear, David? Nenner.com. Charles Nenner.com. Spell spelled Nenner. N e n n e r. 
Okay, charlesnenner.com, and uh, they can find that, and they can sign up for a 30-day free. Right. And uh, they'll get several of those, several of those weekly and uh, those Sunday ones. Right, and uh, charts, yeah, and then write that they heard me talk to you, so at least I'll know who they are when yeah. they're listening. Great idea. And okay, so what... what some other stuff. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, well, what final words do you have for our listeners here, David, before we need to sign off here? Um, be cautious. Don't uh, don't watch the press. Don't listen to CNBC. <laughs> yeah. We've been on these shows. You know, you don't want to know what goes on. We do. We've been there. Like we called the top recruit at one forty-seven five years ago, and then six months later, it went to forty-nine. This is not the first time this has happened. And what, what, where did you, by the way, where did you call the top of crude uh, in the last one, a year and a half ago? 97, so. 97. You called it in 97? Yeah, 97. No, not the year 97. Yeah, right, right, at the price of 97. Yeah, yeah and you'll see, I, I, you know, we said it would go to 40. Right? And then once it gets to 40, you, you look and go, okay, and go for, with, then I didn't say it's going to 28, you know. That's, that's <laughs> a tough one. Tom Brady could do that. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we did pretty good, and... I think we're doing pretty good now when we just called and I think it's going to go back up and surprise people and that'll change everything obviously because you know you got if you get crude 60 65 there's less pressure on the industry and some of the economic, some of the countries that depend on crude will have a lot more money and that changes things also as opposed to the pressure now right but right. um I think people shouldn't spend so much time in the media listening to that for the guidance. That's, I guess, what I'll say. Because, as you see, we're saying, you, you yourself, you look at the research, we're right, how come everyone doesn't listen? That's life. I think people are overwhelmed with information now and they can't think straight. And yeah. I, that's why I try and, that's why a musician, you know, what we were talking about, it, they should <laughs> try to tune out to the media and tune into stuff that's a little more uh, comforting, you know, and that's really my advice. Hey, appreciate that. Now, before we close off, your music composition. Give, give us a website. Uh, DavidGerwitz.com. Well, you, you, you're a fan. <clears throat> At least I know that. That's excellent. It's excellent stuff. Spell Gerwitz, will you? G-U-R-W-I-T-Z. Okay. People have said I'm a combination of Yanni, George Winston, Keith Jarrett, and Bruce Springsteen. So... <laughs> That's a good combo. <laughs> that is, that is. And, and I can vouch for it. It's, uh, it's great stuff. It really is. Yeah. Thank you very much. Anyway, I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to talk to you, really. I was looking forward to it, and uh, I look forward to the next time. Okay, David, it's our pleasure as always. Again, we've been talking with David Gerwitz, Managing Director of Charles Nenner Research. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. Again, please get a hold of us. Info at strategicinvestorradio.com is our web is our uh, email address, and you can go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our shows and interviews strategicinvestorradio.com. This is Charlie Wright signing off, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. Charlie 
Wright is an investment advisor representative with PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. The views and opinions expressed by our guests are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views of PartnerVest Advisory Services, LLC, or Charlie Wright. PartnerVest and our guests are unaffiliated companies. No information in this discussion is intended to provide investment, tax, or legal advice to any person, nor is it an offer to sell any security.